Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Edwin Adams, and today I'm really excited to have a good friend of mine on this show, Bart Babineau. Uh, he is the personification of entrepreneur. He's been uh, um, an entrepreneur in the restaurant industry and more recently in the fitness industry. He is a CrossFit gym owner, a CrossFit gym coach. Um, and creator of amazing transformations, not only in himself, but also in other people. So I'm excited to have him on the show. So without further ado, my friend, Bart Babineau. Bart Babineau, welcome to the show, my friend. I am so glad you're here. I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for a long time. I agree, Ed. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is long overdue. Well, it's long overdue. I know we go to lunch and we have conversations about growth and transformation and change, but I figured if anybody could add value to the listening audience, it's, it's you, man. I have watched you go from collegiate athlete to entrepreneur to fitness pro and a business owner in the fitness <laughs> world doing some incredible things. So I, I know there's some good stories there about transformation because I've seen the outcome of the inside work that you've done. So man, would you introduce yourself to the listening audience and kind of just say how you came to be doing what you're doing today from your vast experiences to date? All right. Well, yeah, let's jump right in. Um, so, yeah, we've been in the uh, fitness space now for, uh, you know, a funny stuff. Before we start there, let's say let's say one thing, Ed, and I think maybe three or four people may know this about me and you. But today is our gym's eighth birthday. And you were the guy that got me into CrossFit. Get out and, of uh, I don't think I think maybe outside of me, you, my wife, maybe our coach, our original coach knows that. But you were the guy that got me into it. So I think it's ironic that we're having this podcast on the eighth birthday of our gym. That's pretty so, incredible. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Right. And that was not planned by either one of us. Um, totally, totally did not remember that. And what an incredible no. anniversary. As I started thinking about the podcast uh, this morning, I started thinking, I was like, wait. Ed is the guy that got me into it. You know, we, we were having lunch. I actually, when I was in the restaurant business, we were having lunch and uh, you said, man, you got to try this. You would love it. And believe it or not, I was a 5 a.m. or with you for a while. And uh, yeah, that's what started the whole, you know, that's, that's what brings us here. Now um, my, my journey in the fitness space, it starts uh, shoot, man, my dad owned a gym, a health club, um, since I was in sixth grade, you know, so I've always been around, um, you know, the health and, and fitness space. Um, obviously as time has passed, I mean, I, I was, that was back in the nineties. Um, fitness has just exploded, right? Like it, it, it's now, you know, being healthy is, is trendy and it's cool. And if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. You know, that's an awesome thing because, why shouldn't we focus on our health? You know, I mean, it's, we get one, we get one ride. Why not take it? Why not take it and optimize it? You know? Um, so I grew up in the health and, and fitness space. Um, from there moved around the country a bunch, you know, I was never a big homebody. I wanted to go from, uh, from, from the day I graduated high school, I was ready to go. So I did. And I, uh, did a year at Lafayette, UL Lafayette, went out to California, started playing ball out there um, from California, went up to Chicago, 
finished my ball up there, graduated from the University of Illinois, Chicago. Um, and then the restaurant space was just, a, it was one of those things where, you know, mentally I graduated with a baseball degree, right? Um, <laughs> and, and that didn't exactly pan out. So, you know, it was that moment of, wow, what do I now? And I had a buddy who was about a year, year and a half into owning a restaurant in Chicago. And I just got involved helping him just as a buddy, you know, just, just helping out. And, uh, said, well, I think I could do this, you know, and then I connected with a childhood friend over here in Monroe. And, you know, we worked on this plan for six to eight months, got all our, our I's dotted, T's crossed, and then we jumped, you know, we jumped. And when we jumped, it was the, uh, <laughs> it was the crash of 08, you know, and I could vividly remember we're opening up a restaurant, which, you know, restaurants typically don't make it past three to five years. Um, statistically um and here we are in one of the biggest crashes of my lifetime uh and we're starting a business so you know i we, we joke now uh, it, it's almost like it was a beautiful thing that we didn't know what we know now because we probably would have been a little more scared right we didn't we, we had that uh the naiveness of what, what we were doing helped us back then no. and uh stayed in that stayed in the restaurant space for about uh Four, four and a half years, five years, and then decided, you know, it was time to do something different. And that different stemmed from you getting me started into CrossFit. So uh, in 2012, we affiliated with CrossFit, uh, started our gym with, I think, five members. And I still have the original picture, which I shared with one of my coaches today, which you were in. <laughs> I'm going to have to share that with you. Um, and we were just laughing, man. It was a group, you know, and it, it's uh, it, what it is now. I mean, it's it's incredible what the gym's become now. It, it's literally it's, uh, you know, the ripples that it's that it created in eight years, the lives that it's touched. I mean, the lives that we don't even know that it's touched, you know, the the mom of the little girl or the guy that lost 50 pounds and changed his life. You know what I mean? Just the ripple effect that this stuff causes is incredible. And it and. You know, it's unfortunate it takes a birthday, you know, our eighth year anniversary. It's unfortunate it takes that for us to realize it sometimes because you just get lost in the weeds. But I mean, it, what it is today is it's it's just it's a special place. And uh, we couldn't have done it without people like yourself, without, you know, our incredible members, our incredible coaches, um, every client that's ever stepped in our doors. You know, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride and it's been fun, man. It's been it's been a good time. Wow. So that brings us to today. Wow, that's that's incredible, man. Happy eighth anniversary. I forgot to tell you, happy anniversary, man. It's It's been a struggle. You know, speaking of, uh, of struggle, I know in the transition from, from collegiate athlete to business owner, how did you, uh, I know you stepped into it with courage and faith, but what did you learn in that transition and how did you prepare to evolve and grow in that new role what what went on inside your head how did you prepare you know it's funny um so i was thinking about this uh, you know when i texted you the other day i was thinking about this and you know when you when you play sports you know sport was a it was a huge was a huge factor in my life right i was never was never a great student i was a c student i like to play sports i majored in sports you know you play sports from 
middle school to high school, you get the opportunity to play through college. You know, if you, if you're fortunate enough, you get to the next level. But I think a big piece that many people miss is that when I got done playing college, it's like, boom, you know, and and, then it's over. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, what do I do now? You know? And uh, you know, and that, that's no different than the guy that goes plays professional sports for eight, 10, 15 years and has a hell of a career. But guess what? When that ends, that's 40 years of the guy's life. You know what I mean? It, it's, it, it definitely puts people in a weird position and it did the same to me. Um, but business at the time seemed like an easy, an easy uh, catalyst to, to transfer that, that, that competitive energy to, you know what I mean? You know um, and obviously with sport, hard work is, I mean, if you're going to make it to those higher levels, you got to be willing to work, right? You got to be willing to do what nobody else will do. Um, and the same, the same principles apply in business. You know, I, I think a lot of people have this idea where I want to own a business and I can just sit on the top of my throne and, and watch everybody work when that is the furthest thing from reality there is. If you're not in the trenches every day, you know what I mean? Whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a business, whether it's a gym, whether you're selling insurance, whether you're selling, I mean, it doesn't matter. You have to be there. You know what I mean? You have to be in the trenches and you have to, that's how we lead, right? By doing, not by, not by, not by just listening to words, you know, we lead by action. Um, And so that was a big turning point for me. You know, when sport ended, transitioning to business seemed like, hey, well, there's a competitive aspect to it, right? You know, we're competing, if nothing else, to stay alive, right? And then once you once you get your foot in the door and you see, hey, we're going to stay alive, now let's thrive. How do we thrive? You know what I mean? And that's a that's a maturation process that it, it happens throughout every, um, every sector of business, right? Even in the gym business, we're eight years in and what I do today doesn't compare to what I do, what I did in year one. However, it's much more valuable what I do today, right? Um, so it's just that it, it's an evolution. Like you said, it's an evolution of, of, you know, learning, being in the trenches, and then taking other and building other leaders also. I don't want followers. A good leader builds other leaders, you know. Um, I, I'm not here to pull people with, you know, not, not, I'm not here to lead people um, to follow what I do. I want you to be your own leader. You know what I mean? And it's instilling that confidence in people that I, that, you know, that's fitness. I, f- I found fitness to be one of the greatest mediums for that. You know, um, when you're able to do hard things and, and, and you're able to push through and you're able to complete them, accomplish them. It's like, man, what are these other hard things in my life that I'm avoiding that I could tackle now that I have the confidence in myself? It's, it's incredible. And I've seen it, you know, we've seen it. I mean, eight years, we've had thousands of clients, you know what I mean? And and so you just see it happen over and over and over. And it's just such a great transformation. And that's, that's a, it's a, it's a gratifying thing to see, you know, as a result of your work. Yeah, clearly, man. And, 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 you know, and listening to you talk about what you brought to the first entrepreneurial venture came from your sports background. So to me, that, that speaks to a level of self-awareness that allowed you to see what, what you did have. You did a self audit. Okay. You know what? I like this competitive space because 
not only do I feel somewhat comfortable in a competitive space, but I know what my assets are there. So if you had to, if you had to speak to the, the values of the assets, let's, let's say name three, if you can, that you're bringing from the competitive sports world into the competitive entre- entrepreneurial world, what would those three values Oh, I mean, it, 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 man, this, this can go a lot of ways because I, I, you know, I harp on this a lot with these new age sports, you know, the trouble balls of the, of, of today and all that stuff, man, our day sport. And I don't, that makes me sound so old, but sport, uh, you know, sport teaches you commitment. It teaches you discipline. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a list of things that, that sport can teach, teaches you teamwork, right? I mean, like you, you, I see, I see people that have, you know, you see adults and, and this blows my mind because I say I, I grew up in a team. Of, so I see adults don't understand the aspect of team. And then it's my job to explain to them and, and work with it. And it's like, man, that just the idea of working together with another human being, you know, Hey, it's okay if you fail. That it, that's okay. That's what we're all here for. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's when you pick yourself up and you don't quit. That's what we're looking for. You know, teamwork, the discipline, commitment, all of it. I mean, it, it's just, um, that, that's the beauty of sport that, 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 I've, that kids today are missing. You know what I mean? Because it seems to be more of a me, my, this is all about me. Am I playing the position I should be playing? Is does the coach not like me? Look, none of my coaches ever liked me. I'll be the first person to say that. Nope. But guess what? They couldn't put me on the bench because I was gonna. I, no one was gonna outwork me. You know, they they didn't like me, but I, no one was gonna outwork me. So it was like you give them no other option. You know what I mean? So it's it, it's it, the discipline, the commitment, and, and the teamwork. I, to me, teamwork is the number one. You know. It, that that applies throughout your entire life, right? You go into the workforce. If you're not if you're not able to work with your coworkers, you'll be the first guy they cut. You know what I mean? If you're that abrasive guy, if you're that abrasive woman who can't work well with others, you're gone. You know what I mean? So I think teamwork is the biggest aspect of the three uh, of the three traits that that taught me. Yeah, that's brilliant. And and Bart, my other curiosity is moving from from a player to now you're really a coach. Uh, if, if I want to use that same sports metaphor, you're, you're now a new entrepreneur. The, the, the playbook is not being given to you. you you've got to create a new playbook. How, how were you influenced? Who was your mentor? How, how did you know what the next step was in this, in, in, on this new playing field? And where did you go for, for support? You know, I've, I've had a, I've had a handful of uh, really good mentors and I consider you a mentor, you know, as much as we talk and as much guidance as you give me, uh, I, I, I really do. Um, outside of business, you know, I, my dad was an entrepreneur his entire life. So I saw, I saw the work ethic from him, you know, the tireless work and Hey, when you don't want to do it is when you need to do it. You know, that's when it's the most important when, when you're at your wits end, you know, you're typically a break breakthrough is right around the corner. So it's, it, you can't quit too soon, you know, that stuff. And it's, it's, uh, to me, I've always leaned on the premise, you know, we, in the fitness space, you know, CrossFit's big on community and, and we've made countless decisions 
over the eight years that benefits the community first, right? Because it's, it, it, it's community-based. This isn't what benefits BART. It isn't what benefits Chelsea. It isn't what benefits the coaches. It's what benefits the community as a whole, right? Um, and that's how we based most of our decisions in the eight years in the fitness space. Uh, and then leaning back, you know, doing the right thing. And I say this repeatedly, my wife gets tired here. Doing the right thing is always the right thing, you know, and it is rarely the easy thing. And that's why people don't typically do it, right? The easy thing is uh, go out and do the easy part. That's not, that, that, that's easy, right? Doing the right thing is typically also the harder thing that you're avoiding. And, 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 you know, you eat the frog early, you get it done, knock it out and you keep moving forward. That's, that's kind of our mantra is, is you eat it early and you go, you know, take the lick. It's the right thing. So it'll pay its dividends down the road. Um, but doing the right thing is, will always be the right thing. Oh, I love that. Love that. You know, I, I still have a memory emblazed in my skull of when you joined CrossFit and, and I knew you at that point, really as a badass athlete in, in your own right, because you had had a collegiate career. And here's this old man, almost 20 years your senior in a CrossFit environment. And do you remember those early morning 5Ks that we had to run through the neighborhood next door to the Oh CrossFit? my God, I do. I remember it vividly because I hate running. <laughs> I do. Those were really, really painful. And I think I had been crossfitting just a little bit before, before you, maybe, maybe six yeah. months, six months or so. So I had, I had some repetitions under me on embracing the suck. And then you come on board and I distinctly remember lapping you <laughs> on one of the blocks. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, holy shit, Ed, you just lapped Bart Babineau, <laughs> what is up with this? And I would say within another two weeks, you were lapping the old man. So I think that speaks yeah. <laughs> um, to the discipline and grit in the way you show up and the way you take on adversity isn't as a victim or scarcity mentality. You saw an abundant opportunity to grow yourself uh, inside and out through the vessel of CrossFit. And it's been fun to watch you grow and expand that influence as a, as a CrossFit business owner, because you started at the very bottom with me and then you took it to the next level of leadership, in my opinion, because you did create a community. You did create a group of people who I, I remember working out in your box, Bart, and I was frequently the last one to finish, but I guarantee you, I got the most applause and that, that is created by community. It is created by brand, but more so it's created by the person leading the box. So man, I applaud you for, for, for how you've taken those values and principles that we just talked about into building people and community, because to your point, that's what it truly is all about. A thousand percent, man. And you would you, you would not be surprised because you know how we operate. But still, to this day, the last person gets the loudest cheers. And that's what it's about, man. You know, so many people see CrossFit and, and, and the number one thing we hear is I got to get in shape before I come up there. 
that's the, you know, that's the furthest thing you need to do. That's what our job is to get you in shape, you know, and it's, uh, it's not about showing up to the gym and showing out. It's, it's, it's about showing up and failing and getting up and doing it again. You know, I mean, Hey, we all know the prime height for CrossFit is five, eight to five, 10. I'm six, three, six, four on a good day. Like it, it, I'm not cut out to do CrossFit at all, but at the end of the day, that's also what drew me to it. Right. Like, let's see, I, I want to see if I can do this, you know, and I, now we're going on, I think I've been doing it nine and a half, 10 years. And, you know, since the first time you drug me up there and, and laughed me, um, it's, uh, we keep those same old school principles because there's something about that old school CrossFit mentality that just resonates with so many people. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, and it goes back to exactly what we say. And we're doing the hard stuff. We're doing, we're doing the hard stuff. We're not running from the hard stuff. We're, we're, we're eating the frog early, that kind of stuff, you know, doing the right thing. That That's what we're about. And, and, and I love that, that, er, that early, only almost like a military mindset through CrossFit that they always portray. And, uh, it, you know, we, we still cheer for the last person. And, it, and it's incredible because you see, you see these people come in and just like you saw with me and it, you see these people come in and sure they finish last, but it's almost like it goes one way or the other. They either, they use that as motivation and they take it in three months from now, they're the ones cheering for the person finishing last, you know, or they can't handle it. And unfortunately they go down a different path and that's fine too. Um, because like I say, CrossFit can be for everyone, but it's not right. I mean, it's, it's a high, it's, it's a high growth environment. And a lot of people just aren't willing to face that. I think the right word would be truth. They're not willing to face that truth or, or that honesty or that, Hey, I just got my ass kicked by a 53 year old woman. And, you know, like, and, and they just can't handle that. And I have 53 year old women that will kick guys ass. Hey, I do. They've been with me for years and they've been doing it for years and it doesn't matter how old they are. But the point is what we do that happens. Right. You know, it, yeah. It, it, you know, I think one of the biggest things I fight with men, especially starting CrossFit is that ego, right? You just gotta, you gotta let that go. If you ever know what I mean, and, and yet you, you can speak to this. I know you're genius at this stuff, but growth, I mean, you, you can't grow carrying that huge ego, right? We have to let that go. We have to let that, we have to push that aside to allow ourselves to fail and figure it out. I joked, you, you know, my father, um, he's been a, you know, guy who'll fix anything, room, anything in the house. And I, and I joked with him the other day, I said, I finally figured out how you learned how to fix everything. It's because you broke everything and then you fixed it. And, and now I'm in that same stage that he was in right now. I, I like to work with my hands. I like to build stuff um, outside of the community, but I break it. And then I have to figure out how to fix it. And you learn how to fix it. Right. But if you don't have the wherewithal to break it, if you can't fail, if you can't do that stuff, well, then you never learn how to fix it. And, and that kind of, that ties in with, with these, you know, the, the sport today with these kids that aren't, they, they're bubble wrapping them. They're not letting them fail. What, what's going to happen when the real world smacks them? You know, and that's my fear. What's going to happen when mama's not there to bubble wrap you or daddy's not there to, hey, let those kids fail. Let them know what it feels like. Let them know that you're there for them when they fail, right? It's not the end of the world when you fail. That's a, that's the greatest learning opportunity. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. 
Um, wow, that that was so good because my my the very next topic that I wanted to talk about was your first CrossFit location emblazoned across the concrete pathway, stepping into your gym was the statement, check your ego at the door, check your ego here. And I, I'm just right curious, Bart, now as a coach who influences people's transformations, how do you help people become self-aware enough to know that ego is a problem? Is it, is it a call out or, or do you help people get humbled through the process of CrossFit in order to be vulnerable enough to actually hear the coaching words that you're trying to give them? You know, the number one thing that I've found, um, the call out, you know, what I, what I preach to my coaches is the best coaches can coach anyone, right? I can coach a person their first day of CrossFit in one split second. I can turn to my eight year veterans and cue the same person. Right. And, the cues are completely different, but my ability to flip gears is what makes me a great coach, right? Or, or even you take somebody maybe with an injury or somebody that needs a modification or, you know, your ability to flip the page one person to another makes you a great coach. Um, so I think, you know, you, you, you meet these personalities and it's almost a, it's almost an external personality. Like, let me see what this guy's about. Is he, is he coming in with his ego on his sleeve? Is he, is he kind of timid? You know what I mean? And, and you, you see those personality types. And I think the overarching idea um, along with what you're saying is you got to build trust with them. Um, you know, that's one thing. So we run instructor training programs whenever I bring on new coaches at the gym and I can teach them everything about CrossFit, lifting weights, the functional movements, deadlifts, all this stuff, the Olympic lifts. I can't teach them to care about other people and, that's my number one, right? Like, I don't care how good of an athlete you are. If you care about helping people, that's what, that's what impresses me. You know what I mean? And tying back to what you said, my number one thing is I want to build trust with the athlete before I ask them to do something that they may not think is possible. Right. Um, so this, this, the, the, I think the thing that separates CrossFits from other modalities is the intensity piece, right? We know it's kind of a, intensities ratchet up when we get to CrossFit. Um, but you can also dose that intensity, intensity, right? Like I don't need to, I'm not going to give the guy on day one, the same dose of intensity that I'm going to give myself. Right. Like that's just not fair. He may die. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> he might not make it. Um, <laughs> so we don't do that. But if we do do that, it, you kind of, you kind of lose that trust right off the bat. Right. I want to push him just to the point just to the point where he feels like I don't think I can do this but he does it you know what I mean and then we build on that and then we build on that and once we have that trust under our belt once we have that going forward then it's then it's okay let's see what you got you might fail today and that's okay but let's see what you got once you have that trust once you have that foundation of trust built you know you, it, it, it's you view it you know if I, I always view my you view it as a, as a, almost like you're a bank account, right? Like if you're, if you're taking out more than you're putting in, it's going to run dry quick. So we're constantly putting in, we're constantly putting in love, positive words. Hey, you can do this coaching cues, all this stuff. But the day I hit you, Hey, come on, you got this, you know, bump up the weight, bump up the speed, bump up the intensity. Now, now it means more to them because I've got so much deposited in them as a person. And they know that I have their best, 
they know that I have their interest in mind, you know. Yeah, I really so I think res- trust it. I really respect that, that, Bart, um, because it, it speaks to several things. And I appreciate the CrossFit model for for a lot of these elements of growth and development of people. Um, um, one is the intensity that you just spoke to. I think that is the one way people can have their comfort zone disrupted is with the proper uh, utilization of the tool of intensity. I think that's critical. And yeah, it gets uncomfortable as you exit the comfort zone, bump up against the terror barrier. Uh, CrossFit's going to push you into growth on the other, other side of that. But in addition to that, I think one of the other valuable pieces that you have created is an environment. And CrossFit does that inherently just by the name. But you can have a really crappy box owner create a really toxic culture if you're not if you're not careful. But community, I think, to me was the most valuable aspect of CrossFit because I could fail and it was still okay and I had support. I could I could be at the prescribed level of intensity or I could be scaled and it was still okay and I could still grow. And then those friendships, those those after workout conversations, those cookouts, the parties all made a significant difference. So here's my question to you, Bart. When, when you're intentionally sitting there as a box owner and you know the kind of community you're going to create, I, I'm just really curious how you formulated the environment. It's not just the metal building with the machines in there. You bring a spirit of transformation into that box and that that means something so how how do you how were how are you the architect of that uh you know like like i said earlier it you know we've community's been number one you know i think like you alluded to earlier we both started as athletes right crossfit athletes and we went in there and we worked out and and we did that whole thing um and the general progression in CrossFit, especially as you start out as an athlete, you become a coach, you become a box owner, you know, and therefore that, and that I, I believe, and this is my personal opinion, um, many people that open gyms, open CrossFit boxes, they do it with the idea that it's going to benefit them personally. So as it doesn't sound great, but I think it's with selfish intentions. I don't, I didn't open this gym with selfish intentions. I grew up in the gym space. Um, it was a background, you know, I had the background for it. Uh, growing up in the gym space too, being an athlete my entire life three, it was something that I enjoyed. And I saw a way where, Hey, we can reach a lot of people with this, man. You know, you can, you can touch a lot of people positively with this stuff. And so it's never been about me or my fitness or, or my CrossFit career. I, I like to compete on the side, but that's that's me, right? When I'm coaching, it's about my clients. It's not about what I can do because honestly, they don't care what I can do. <laughs> you know, it's about what I can get them to do. And if I can, you know, it, is the efficacy of my program going to help them reach their goal? You know, and that's what that's where my value is now. And and it's been like that since day one. You know, we we we've been. Me, me and so me, me and my wife both we're, we're just we're servers you know we like to help people we, um, and 
that's just what we are. You know, oftentimes we talk about like, Hey, you know, what would we do after this? And it's like, this is what we do. You know, this is, we help, you know, that's what we do. We serve, we love, I mean, it's what we do. Hey, it's just, it's in us. Like it's, it's, we wake up and it's, it's not really a selfish, you know, it's not, there's no really, there's no selfishness to it. It's, it's what can we do to touch other people? And, and it's a, it's cool. You know, it's, I love the vehicle that CrossFit has provided. Obviously CrossFit has changed since we started, you know, so much has changed. And, um, but I, I just, I always lean on those old school principles of just, just the old school CrossFit way, you know, do it right, move well, add intensity, love on each other, uplift everybody. And that's what we do, you know? Yeah. And you do it artfully well, sir. So I, I, I applaud you for that. And, you know, I think back to also your family values, I think speaking into how you have created a culture of growth and transformation. So I think it is, it, it, it is the servant leader in you, as well as a lot of good values that were that were born into you and honed into you from from your parents. Uh, you you have a, a brother who has has been an inspiration for a lot of people, and he grew up in a gym environment as, as well. Tell me tell me a little bit about your your brother and how his his transformation has impacted you. So he was born with um, what's called Usher's disease and Usher's with Usher's, there's a couple of different um, elements to it, but he was born profoundly deaf. Um, he was born legally deaf. Uh, and this is, he's, he's four years older than I, three, four years older than I am. So this is back. He was born in the seventies, you know, where it's not science or medical, the medical field isn't what it, it's not what it was back then. Um, so he's got ushers where he was born profoundly deaf. And when he turned about 16 or 17, he, he started to lose his vision pretty quick. Um, by the time I believe he was 18 or 19, he was legally blind and it's only digressed from there. So um, he's now deaf and blind. He's done a, he's had a couple different procedures done. Like now there's a cochlear implant that they put on deaf kids. Um, actually one of my cousins has the same, disease uh that helps them hear better so they're not you know they're they're able to communicate they're able to they're able to you know hear basically it's basically a permanent uh hearing aids um but through all that and again it goes squarely to the family values that you spoke of it, you know my brother he graduated high school he graduated college deaf and blind um you know we were, I was in sixth grade. So he was probably in ninth or 10th grade when my parents started in the fitness space. And, you know, he was, he was number one working out and he, he started bodybuilding, uh, probably when he was about mid twenties. Yeah. He was lifting the whole time, but he wanted, he got into doing shows and stuff in his mid twenties. And I mean, it's just, a to see the, the, the courage that that takes, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it, it's one of the things where it's a, you think your situation's bad. <laughs> it ain't shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Cause somebody somewhere has got to work and, and they're probably making the best out of it, what they have. So it's, he's been a, he's been a huge inspiration, not only for me, but for a lot of people, you know, he, he just navigating the gym 
being deaf and blind is, is, is a challenge and, and he's done it and he's stuck with it. And that's one of his, one of his escapes, you know, from his world is he wants to go in the gym and work out. He's been a huge inspiration for a lot of people. Wow. Well, clearly the Babineaux are a family uh, of leaders, growth specialists, and just really uh, badass individuals who know what grit perseverance, tenacity, and consistency can create. So, man, I just have so much respect for your entire family on, on what they've been able to do in their community. And then for the people that each of you serve in your respective circles of influence, it's been incredible to be on the sidelines of this game uh, that the Babineaux are clearly running uh, both on and off the field of play. So, man, mad props uh, for this conversation. I, I enjoyed so much hearing you talk about my love language of leadership and transformation from another perspective. So thank you, man, for the, the influence that you've given me and the listening audience today. If, if people want to continue to follow Bart Babineau and, and see what he does next, how can they best do that? Uh, on Instagram, uh, my, my Instagram handle is Bart Babs at Bart Babs. Um, you can follow the gym. Also, we post some pretty good content on the gym, you know, ranging from if you're trying to get started to if you've been in the game for a while, if you're into functional fitness, if you're just into lifting weights, if that's uh, CFWM underscore athletic club, um, Facebook, Instagram, both of them. Um, we're pretty, we're pretty active on both. So you can find, you can get some good content there. And, uh, and, you know, I, I thank you. You know, you, you've been a huge inspiration in my life and I appreciate everything you've done and all your, you're a great leader yourself. So I've learned from the best. I've got the opportunity to learn from the best. And if not for you, we wouldn't be celebrating eight years here today. So it's, it's, uh, uh the irony of this podcast being today is, is pretty special also. That is pretty amazing. See, that's, that's a higher power thing at work here. Uh, I absolutely. Right. I mean, love, love, love that. <laughs> well, my friend, I will make sure I put in the show notes uh, how people can connect with you and keep doing what you do, man. Our community here uh, in Monroe, Louisiana is better because of it. And I just appreciate the, the quality of leader that you have grown into. And I know there's still yet more to come. And I love that you're creating more leaders. You're paying it forward with each person that you deal with. So man, kudos, congratulations. And I look forward to another conversation soon. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, for the listeners, thanks for being here once again on the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. Until next time, peace out, everybody. 